We are very much part of a family of churches. We were part of a, a worldwide family of churches. Uh, Richard and his wife are uh, in another one of those groups, and we, we multiplied into these families, and those families have kept on multiplying. And uh, we're in a family uh, often referred to as regions beyond, and certainly as a group of churches in the UK, we've been learning together how to be a family and how to then multiply and plant churches and others are planting churches. And uh, we really value those who God has given among us who've, who've got, uh, they've got a bit of a longevity, we might say. They've got a bit of history. They've walked with the Lord. They're fathers uh, and mothers among us. And uh, we thank God for that. And many of those are, are friends here, and they, some have been here to us. And one of those is very much is Tony, along with Tina and Lincoln. It's great to have you. And thanks for loaning your mum and dad this weekend. We, Jackie and I have been doing lots of chatting with Tony and Tina, and Lincoln's just sort of been in the corner. And I, I know what it feels like, but I really, really appreciate it. And I said to him last night, thank you for loaning mum and dad. So, but we did feed him last night, so that was all right. So... Um, <laughs> He got to have a steak. So, <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, I don't think I'm going to say any more. Tony, you introduce us. Let's welcome Tony. Super. You can never quite trust a friend when he introduces you, do you? <laughs> so, uh, we just set up. You can. Uh, this is your riddle moment at Hope Church. We have a, a formal two-minute break, but you clearly have got a better uh, staying power. So, if you want to wriggle, this is the time. You know, when you say that, no one moves today. Like, I'm rooted, rooted to my seat. I'm not going to move. So if I break the rules and stand here? Yeah, that's great. Oh, I'll go have break. Have lunch then. Uh, Mark said, um, uh, together with Tina, uh, part of a church in London um, called Hope Church. And uh, uh, it's, a, it's a, a, a church that meets in a few locations across the borough of Bromley. And so I therefore have a relatively large team. And uh, all through the week... Uh, they knew we were coming here. We arrived Thursday night, and, uh, and it's been pretty much back-to-back. Back. If you ask, what do I do? I've drunk a lot of coffee. I've eaten a lot of food. I've seen spoke to a lot of people. All through the week, my team have been, uh, if I've walked through the office or uh, little notes on my desk saying, enjoy your holiday. <laughs> I was like, I, I first heard a few people, I was like, I'm not on holiday. And then you realise you're being wound up. But I have to say, there is something about the island. You, you come off the ferry... And there is a different atmosphere, isn't there? And so it's been a few years since we've been here, um, so it's great to be back. Um, but there is a different atmosphere. And I, I guess in that sense, um, although we've been busy, it's felt a bit of a holiday. Uh, so thank you for that. I didn't expect that. And so uh, I, I think that in that, though, you have to sense what God is doing, but also what, what is the culture and what is God's culture and what he's about. Mark said we're part of a... Uh, 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 we're really pleased about heritage in, in New Frontiers, and I think because Richie, I've got to really mention that. Um, I was on a Zoom call the other day with Dave Devonish, and Rich will know Dave really well. And, um, but, you know, we are in, these, in this season, in, in other families, they all still relate. Um, I'm part of the Hall family, my brother's got children, and they, we call them the other Halls, you know. Uh, so our, we are the, we are the uh, regions beyond, and I was with uh, Mark and others in. Uh, Dubai last October, where we um, pulled together our latest um, Vision Value book, and I think you've got the latest version. It's a bit like limited edition albums, 
There's the standard one, and then there's the Legacy 23 edition. So uh, you've got the Legacy 23 edition. Hang on to that. It might be worth something, um, because I'm not sure we're going to reprint that again. And um, when we were in Dubai in November, um, we sat down and we were praying for the nations we were in and uh, with the global team. And, and, and it suddenly occurred to us, we did not know how many nations we were in, and we did not know how many churches we were. And uh, Steve Oliver and Fousey, who really shape and lead us, have been quoting the wrong number for too long. So we sat down and we got sheets of paper and we're shouting out, what nations are you in? And so, you know, find out where people are and go, oh, no, no, we're in this nation and, oh, and planting churches. And, and said, oh, no, so-and-so is there. And they've just planted a few more churches. So as of last October, we were in six continents. We were in 23 nations and we were 179 churches. Isn't that amazing? And that is out of date. <laughs> All right, that's out of date because since then, God has been growing us. We talk about being for him. Oh, I love that, the worship. And the sense, again, the supremacy of Jesus. He is for him. He is for him, by him, all is him. And uh, Ashley led us so well. It's been lovely to spend time with Ashley and Ashley and Hannah and their family. And Ashley served us so well. Just say, it's Jesus. It is Jesus. We talk about being for one another. We talk about being for the nations. And I want to say a personal thank you for the way you love and support Donna. Donna, who's in uh, Burundi and doing so much more in that nation and across the nations. And uh, I'm sure you hold a dear in your heart. And so as one of those who has a wider responsibility, let me say thank you for the way you love her. Uh, many people love Donna, but this is her home. I know that because she's got a flat on your island. So therefore, this is her home. And she may not see much of her, but this is, this is her family. And thank you. Uh, never stop praying. It was lovely in our prayer meeting this morning just to lift her up and hear the good news. As we battle, we see victories. And then we see challenges. And then we see more victories. And God's about many things. I often say to our home church, I'm going to say to you, Mark said, just talk about regions beyond for a few minutes before you get to the word. We're asking you to have many identities. So you've met me, I'm Tony. You know I'm a man called Tony. You've also, from um, Mark, found out that I have a wife. If you know that, you know something more about me. Um, Lincoln is our child, and you know I'm a father. You don't know he's not my only child. We have four children. And as of uh, the first part of this year, we have become a grandparent. I think that's a phrase, isn't it? We are a grandparent now. Um, Margaret Thatcher once said that. And if you're a certain age, you remember that. And I love it. I'm loving being a grandparent. I was a haggard father. I'm now a young, a young grandfather. And I look good for it, don't I? I'm in the same category of any number of you up to the 70s and 80s. And in some ways, as church, what we're asking Apex Church is to have that heart. You are Apex Church here in Cowes, building church, reaching this community. What a glorious Friday we had, standing on the beach, declaring Jesus is Lord, hearing beautiful testimonies, and the community amongst us. And what was interesting for me, for someone who's not here week by week, was to watch how comfortable your community was with you. And what that means is you've done that more than once. Because when you've never done it, they stand there, very British, and they sort of go, oh, it's nice. <laughs> they sort of move to the side and sort of like, hmm, weird, isn't it? You know, but they didn't. They got closer. 
And uh, I don't know if you noticed, as we were baptising um, the two guys, there were a, a few teenagers that were right encapsulated in us. They're in the, in the river, oh, the river, sorry, in the, you've got sea, haven't you? I have rivers, you have sea. Um, <laughs> and they're obviously shouting out, Jesus, Lord, and stuff like that. But they start quoting a Stormzy song. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear them sing that? Uh-huh. By his grace. By his grace. I love it. And they connected something that they've heard in their real life with something that you are demonstrating. You know, love this town. But we're also asking, just as I'm a husband, I also be, be a father. You have an interesting dynamic happening in the island. And it, it, it only took me a day to catch on to it. So we um, did have some time off yesterday afternoon. And we went out for a, a little trip around the island trying to, in one afternoon, what can you put in the, into one afternoon? We end up in Newport, we look around a castle and um, we have a bit of time extra. And so I said to Tina, oh, let's go across the other side of the island to the beach. And Tina went, oh, it's too far. <laughs> and I've learned that, you see. Equally, when we, in fairness to Tina, right, that's not fair to Tina, because we didn't have much time. But that's something you all say, isn't it? Yeah. It's too far. I, 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 picked, we come, I come in the port here, Tina came on the hovercraft, I drove round, uh, it took me 45 minutes to get there, 45 minutes to get back. In London, that's not too long. I'm sure in Bedford, that feels fine. Here, people say, oh, you had a long journey, didn't you? There was a car on fire. There was a car on fire, yeah. Not mine. You're a parent, or your husband. You're a church-hearing in, in cows. But you're in the Isle of Wight. And there's promises of multiplication. I can say a sense to you, and you know this, I've seen prophetic words you've had. There is multiplication in you. You're a growing island. The last two senses, you keep growing. About 20,000 every 10 years. It's going up and up and up. Uh, every one of your city or towns are big enough to plant in. Plant again. Plant again. And we say go to the nations as well. Have the nations in your heart. Be of the nations. Keep going. And don't get the attitude of, you know, it's so nice here. You know, rest is beautiful. But resting in God is not inactivity. And, and, and coming here at a certain age, and some of us move here at a certain age, I, I've never found the Greek word for retirement, because there isn't one. Go to the nation. Go to your nation. Go to this island. Before I came here, I just prayed with some of the London leaders and uh, said to them, let's just lift that voice for a couple of minutes and I've got a, a recorder and for five minutes maximum, we're going to prophesy. Uh, you've got a minute's gap to get some words and we just went around and after five minutes, I stopped. And uh, I've sent that to Ashley and to Mark. One word just from Simon Turner in Biggin Hill that really grabbed me that I felt would be useful to share this morning. Um, Simon said, you know, the island gets so many words about boats and, and sea and stuff like that. He said, but I saw a volcano. I saw the island like a volcano. And this volcano is erupting. And when a volcano erupts, lava comes out. And what happens as it cools, the whole of the landscape is changed. Now, he did say, fortunately, he said, I don't believe I'm prophesying a literal volcano. He said, but spiritually... This sense of you're on the precipice of a change of landscape. 
I think as Ashley was preaching on prophecy, as you were pressing, going, this year, mixed word about there's more to come, remind ourselves of prophecies that Rodney Hager gave um, back at our 10-year anniversary in 2017 of saying that he saw this lemon tree in uh, Osborne House, was it? And, uh, yeah, saying that this is us. It's an unnatural plant, but it's a plant that's going to be what? He said it's a plant that is healthy. It's a healthy church. It is a substantial church, and it's a fruitful church. Can I encourage you? Believe again. Believe again. Not because I'm hyping you because I've got less time than I wanted. Uh, no, sorry, less time than you need for me to speak. And so I wanted to get something of Jesus here for you. The promises. We, one of our values is shaped by the prophetic. These prophetic words that hold us. Apex Church, you're a healthy church. And God has much for you. I'm so convinced of that. And watching the, on the beach on Friday night, I was so encouraged. I was like, well done. Well done, church. Almost keep going. Keep doing what you're doing. Stay in the rhythm of what you've got. And all those words were in my heart. And then I remember what I felt the Lord had given me before I got here. And I thought, oh, no, that's not what I'm to say. Because I think what I, think what I want to press into for a few minutes is just this sense that there are times when God has been moving amongst us, and I'm talking really on an individual level now. I'm not really talking about church leadership. I'm not prophesying change there or, or bigger words. I'm talking about us as individuals where we are moving quite, su- well, successfully, I guess. We don't like using that word, but there's a liberty. We, we, we know how God uses us. We know what our strengths are, and we feel really comfortable in that place. And then God, because he is sovereign, comes and says, I'm going to totally change your landscape. I'm totally changing how you are, who you are. And for some of us, that's very literal. And for some of you today, it might be literal. It might be over the coming weeks and months as we come back again and talk about, what about what about Newtown? What about Newport, isn't it? What about um, Ryde? What about other places? You go, oh, I, I don't know, maybe, yeah. maybe. It might be a relocation. Yeah, it could be. But I really believe just, God, the Holy Spirit wants to today just highlight that sense that he has a fresh revelation for who you are and how he wants to use you. And very peculiarly, I want to take you to um, the story of the anointing of David and from the perception and perspective of Samuel. And so this is um, 1 Samuel um, 16. Um, I'm going to talk it more than um, read large passages. Um, Mark did a great seminar recently for uh, the UK leaders on Bible, uh, Bible storytelling. I'm not quite doing that, but I'm going to, for bits of time, pick it up. And, and, the, and the catalyst for this was me remembering, before I worked for Hope Church, which was about 12 years, um, I spent a long time working with vulnerable adults and, and young people in care and homeless people. And uh, my, uh, I did that for a number of years, all the time knowing God had called me to ministry. And uh, that was quite frustrating, waiting for that to happen. And uh, I reached a point in my career where um, I, I chose to take redundancy, waiting for God to um, open up a job. And Tina said, it's not now. You can have one more job. But this next job will be your last job before you go into ministry. And uh, Tina's far more prophetic than I am. Uh, and she was correct. 13 years later, <laughs> I left that job 
and started working for Hope Church. It was a one-year contract, and I thought when she said that, ah, this is exactly what it means, one year. I can kill one year. I can do that. How many times is it when God gives us prophetic words and a sense of what we're doing, and we'll see this in the story, where actually it, it may take longer to come into fruition. In David's case, it took 15 years. Potentially, some commentators say it was 15 years prior to that that God said to Samuel, I have rejected Saul. Could be that long, it probably shorter maybe, but it wasn't the verse before as we read it between chapter 15 and 16. There was a gap. And I was working in this charity and uh, stayed there longer and by God's grace it grew and uh, we started with six staff and near the end I had about 70 staff and it was, it was great. God was blessing it. God loves blessing your workplace. And in my case, what happened was um, I'm in this increasing sense of God's called my life, but a nine, he's called me here. And I had, um, at that point, I started off as a director and then as you grow, they like rechanging your title and so I become the chief exec. And we had a head of services who was helping me um, grow the charity. And I was, by nature, in secular life like I am in church. I didn't church plant in, in secular world, but I just got new contracts and started new services in new boroughs. And, and this is very much my DNA. And so I learned a lot in that season. And I had a, a head of services, uh, an old lady who was just like me. She was like me on speed. For, for someone who was 10, 15 years my senior, Man, I find it hard to catch up with her. And she was always finding new business. Oh, Tony, I've met this commissioning manager. We could go to this bar in Sutton. I've, I've, had a, I've got a meeting in the diary for you next week. All right, Anne, thank you. And we worked so well together. And then something happened in that relationship, and I, I think in reflection, she probably wanted to retire. Where it just didn't keep clicking, and eventually said, it's not working, I think I'm gonna leave. And so I was a bit, oh, that's not what I imagined. And therefore, we said, what do we do? And we thought, you know, we'll bring in a deputy chief exec. And I put out the adverts, and we shortlisted, and we had about eight candidates come for a recruitment day. And they spent all day with us. I had many interviews, met different staff, uh, met some of the young people we worked with. And I saw people come through the door. I thought, oh, I like the look of you. Oh, she, she looks very competent. I saw people that looked like me. And I thought... They might have been different genders and different ethnicities, but they're there. I thought, oh, you sound like I sound. And in the midst of this crowd, there was a lady called Catherine who did not look like anyone else. In fact, she'd just come off a night shift. She worked for another charity, and she'd just come in her work clothes. And she was different all day. And everything about her, just kept going, what's, what's happening over there? We come to a final interview, and she... Uh, we asked her all our questions, and when you say normally, and if you say, is there anything you want to ask us? I'm sitting there, the chair of the board, a few trustees, and a couple of the young people that work with us were on their final interview panel. She asked me no questions. She wasn't interested in talking to the chair of trustees or anyone else. She just spoke to the young people. And in that moment, I had a revelation. This is the person to a point. This is the person to a point. And in 1 Samuel 16, we're going to see that Samuel is a bit like me. He knows a change is coming. He knows God has said to him back in chapter 15, the big arch of the story, that Israel is the people of God, now it's the church. Um, but God had 
uh, said, I am your Lord, I am your king, you'll be like no other nation, you'll be um, guided by priests and prophets, and the people of God said, no, we want to be like everyone else, we want a king, and eventually God relents, and he says, fine, choose you a king, and Samuel, the prophet, anoints Saul to be king, and Saul looks the part, and for many years, Saul continued to be a great king, he, there are many stories of great exploits of Saul, between 14 and 16, though, we see the fall of Saul. We see Saul being disobedient. Saul, who was told to completely destroy an enemy, keeps the king alive and keeps their best livestock. Prophetically pictured, what you're saying is, he's saying, I'm keeping their lordship and I'm keeping the wealth of the world. And when Samuel was sent to him, he said to him, what have you done? He said, I've done everything the Lord's asked me to do. He said, no, you haven't. And he points out the king's still alive. And look, look, I can hear these animals. I hear them bleating. He says, oh, it's not me. It's the men. It's the men. They did it. He said, really? Well, no, I was frightened of them. That's what I'm really saying. He's adjusting his story all the time. And, and these terrible words come. Samuel says, the Lord has rejected you. And Saul tries his best to try and get back. And that's the last time Samuel sees Saul. Years and years go by and he never sees him again. But in his heart he's grieved. And verse 1 of um, chapter 16 begins with these verses. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn over Saul since I have rejected him king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. And I just for a few minutes want to talk about what it looks like in our lives when God says to us the very things that we have been doing, the ministries we've been doing or the way we've been used, he says, I have moved on from that. Now, obviously, I'm using a weird example because in Saul's case, he was rejected. But I'm trying to say in our life, I'm not saying God has rejected your ministry, but God is sovereign. And he, is, he has got a plan that is encompassing us, but more than us. But it's all for our good, though. It's all to uh, glorify Jesus in us. So whenever he comes and says, there's a change coming in your life, actually, or there's a change, I don't know many names in the room. There's a name coming, <laughs> Pat, in your life, Mick, in your life. It's not because angry, it's like, it's good to come. And, and as we do this story just for a few minutes, 10 minutes or so, you might be like Samuel, who actually says, I've come to the island, Lord, I know why I'm here. I, I know what attracted me to the island, or keeps me on the island. And, and you're using me, Lord, and using our church, and isn't it, isn't it great? Don't you remember Friday night, Lord? Don't you? Wasn't that a great night, Lord? He goes, yeah, yeah. And there'll be more nights like that. But the nations are before you. The peoples are before you. The towns of the island are before you. And his grace doesn't stop at the chain um, ferry or at the Newport when you go, oh, it's just too far. Who would ever go that far? He said, no, there's more Apex Church. You're like, but I, 
I'm grieving that, Lord. You see, Samuel understood. He knew that Saul had disobeyed. I don't believe Samuel ever doubted that God had moved on. But for him, this was hard. We don't know Saul's age and, and times. We know David was probably 15 when he was anointed. We know he was 30 when he was king. Little, not so clear with Saul and with Samuel. But what we do know this, the majority of Samuel's ministry has been invested in this relationship with Saul. He anointed him. He's journeyed with him. He's seen his highs, he's seen his lows, he's seen his recovery, and he's walked with him, the king and the prophet. Beautiful picture to the nation. God's accommodation of the frailty of the people, but he's still blessing them, he's still working amongst them. And Samuel says, this is my life, Lord. This is what I've invested in, and I'm so close to the end. Saying that? You can be 20 and say that. You can be 90 and not have that in your heart, going like the Caleb's of the world. Give me a mountain, Lord. Give me a mountain. Just four things, I think, that just as I looked at Scripture, that I thought would help us as we try and stop mourning and let go of the past, embrace what God has. How does that work? I had it work for Samuel. So very quick points here. Verses in that verse I've just read you. He says, fill your horn with oil. He's reminding him that this is a work of the Spirit, Samuel. When you anointed Saul king, it wasn't a ritual. It wasn't like a coronation of other nations and depends on your theology and how you thought the king's coronation went, whether it was just a nice pomp and ceremony or whether it was very godly. I'll leave that one to you. I don't want to get into that controversy. But what we know in this one was... Definitely God's glory. The oil was God's presence coming over the head of the king, rolling down, saying, You are now my anointed. You have to understand that this, this is not just a, oh, let's change for the change's sake. Not, you know, our values book says, you know, we're for the nations and church plants, oh, someone's got to do it, I better go. No, you need that sense of spirit speak to me. And God reminds Samuel, says, get your, get your horn out and fill it with oil and then go. He goes before he knows what the next looks like. He says to him, go. And, and if you read the story, Samuel says, Lord, there's a real problem here. Saul doesn't like me anymore. In fact, actually, Saul could well want me dead. And you want me to go right through the land, which is Saul's land, to get through to Bethlehem. Why are you doing that? And God says sometimes we have to walk through that. You know, that is my, my past. And you walk because he says, Go. I don't know about you. So many people in this room have testimonies of we've walked because we've heard God say go. And if I said to you, did you know where he was leading you? Not really. Abraham, leave your nation, go to another nation. didn't know where he was going, really, beyond the general. Thirdly, though, what did he do, though? He went on a promise. He didn't just go because he said, I've had an encounter with God, I had a lovely minute, the Holy Spirit fell on me, I felt, oh, let's go, let's go, I heard the word go. He had a promise of where to go and what was going to happen. Go to Jesse in the town of Bethlehem, for there I have one of his sons who will be king. 
We need to pray. And as we pray for this island, as we pray for this community, because you can go and never lead cows. You can go to your neighbour. You can go to the teenagers that were sitting behind us and say, that that blinded by your grace man, that Jesus, I can tell you who he is. They're around, they're going to be there most weekends, I imagine, over summer. They didn't look like they were going anywhere. You can go here. You can go to the other side of the island. You can go to the nations. But you go on a promise. And you go on a word. And this is what happens in uh, Samuel's life. He has moved on a promise. Fill your own, go to Jesse. Surely, he says, I have someone here, I have a son to anoint. Just run on, last two points, relate to the story. He arrives and the the elders of the town come out and they go, oh, this is problems. And they basically say to him, are you here for our good? Or do you bring war to us? You know? Do you ever fancy being that? Ever you get yourself inside a Bible story and think, sometimes it's not good being a civic leader? <laughs> and Samuel goes, it's okay. I've come to celebrate. I've come to sacrifice. It's like the king rocking up here this morning saying, just thought I'd come here for church. I went and watched um, my son play cricket at the week and uh, I was travelling with my son-in-law and uh, he's, he's trying to watch um, tennis while going to watch cricket. When we got there, he did watch cricket, he didn't watch tennis and uh, I misunderstood him. He said, he said, oh, Kate will be there. I said, Kate? He said, yeah, Princess Kate was at the sport today. I said, she's gone to watch cricket? He went, no, no, she's gone to watch Wimbledon, which is pretty obvious once you hear it, isn't it? And Samuel arrives and there's a hoo-ha and there's a celebration and there's basically, this is big news for Bethlehem. He says, invite Jesse and his family. Let's consecrate. Let's make much of this. Let's celebrate. This isn't just rock up in your jeans and and your, your workday tops. You've got to get ready. There was effort in this. And Jesse arrives and he basically says, show me your sons. For time and also because I can't pronounce their names, I butcher them. And um, I'm not sure Mark will know them either. So he goes through his sons. So let's use colloquial names. Tom comes up first. And he goes, wow. Now surely this must be the Lord's anointed. Surely this is the Lord's Lord. The language is like God himself would say, yes, this is the one. And that voice of God goes, no. Just like me and Catherine, I saw others and went, clearly this is the person. And that spirit voice said, and you can do it in your workplace. I hope you do. I hope you ask the Holy Spirit about your work. I said, is that, is that the guy? Is that the lady? And I said, that's not the one. That's not the one. Whatever the new looks like, it's probably going to look different to the past. That's the point. I'm not saying radically if you never played an instrument, you can't hold a note, I doubt that God's calling you to be the next worship leader here. <laughs> That's what my worship team tell me, because I can't clap in time and I can't sing, right? <laughs> Miracles happen, you more than a miracle on that one. But generally, what I'm saying is, it won't look exactly the same. And Samuel had to realise he was in a mental rut. We can be in mental, spiritual ruts. We can put these... Uh, arguments against what, well, I know God's got new things for us all, but I couldn't do that. 
Well, yeah, that's not where I'm gifted. I just want to say, Epic Church, I really believe the days ahead of us here are days of fruitfulness. Why do I know that? Because as the island is growing, you are growing. As others are coming and joining, think, I want to be on the island, others are coming and joining us. And some of you, I've never met, you don't even know I am. And it's a great church, isn't it? Church is a funny old thing. You rock up, you don't know me, and for 30 minutes you're happy to sit and listen to me. <laughs> or at least you've learned how to fake it, that you're looking like you're listening. He could have easily been Richard, he could have easily been Joel Lincoln today. And you would have done the same. Because, but the thing is, some of us have been added in this season. You are God's provision for whatever the next is. And the good news is there's more to come. I had a, one of the prayers that was given over us, a guy called Jack Hibbert, a good friend of mine from South Harrow, um, older guy, leads a small church, but he was praying for you. It was really a prayer, but in his prayer about bless the church, may they realise that God's got more for them. And, and, and obviously we talk about being an island. He was like, you know, you're out there on the island, it's hard to get to, but may they know that the reinforcements are coming on the ferry. And I thought, whoa, I like that. He said, reinforcements of prayer, of prophetic words, of just friends saying, keep going, keep going and reinforcements of new warriors. New warriors. I, I, for my own church, I pray into what I believe God has spoken, and I try to visualize that. So over one of our congregations, I'm visualizing leaders I believe God is bringing to us, but be more than that and more passionate than that, I'm looking as I walk around their community, I see faces, I don't take photographs, that's weird, but I try and hold mental images of people that I know are unsaved, and I pray for them. I say, bring them in, Lord. Bring them in. May the room be filled of those who test me as a year ago, I didn't know Jesus. Be like we heard last weekend here. I feel it's just very prophetic to stand here the week after you heard testimonies of two people who did not know Jesus. Very different stories who have come to Jesus, who love him, whose lives have been clearly changed. I met some of their friends. I said, how's it look to you? What's this baptism thing look like? I went, it's all right. It's not as weird as I thought it would be. <laughs> I even got an accommodation. I told Mark this. They said, the guy, the bald guy, he's not that weird, is he? <laughs> And I did the right thing. I didn't say, well, you don't know him that well. I, I, said, I said, no, he's not. You should come along. Come along. Samuel had to change his mind. But when he did, this is the beautiful thing. He went through all these sons, and I close on this. He said to Jesse, he said, do you have any more children, any more sons? And, 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 and the Hebrew is, is emphatic. It's very better to say, where are the other sons you've been hiding? Because he had a promise, and the promise was enough. And he knew that these sons had all been rejected. So when Jesse said, yes, I have one son who's out in the fields, um, a literal translation, and one of the translations, I can't remember which one it is, it might be the NIV, I can't remember, says, yes, I have a run in the field. That book, Air and a Spare? Jesse had more than air and a spare. He had a spare and a spare and a spare and a spare and a spare. And I guess when you get to number eight or nine, whatever, David was, there's some discussion around that. Um, you end up on the field. 
because you run out of the second jobs, the third jobs, the standby jobs, if, if, if everyone just got mowed down by Philistines, you know, he's like, just go be in the field. You might be a David in the room, go, I'm just a runt. But Samuel knew this. He knew, having discarded everyone else, that the boy on the hill was the king. He was the king. He didn't need to see him. He didn't need to know what he looked like. He didn't even need to know what his gifting was because God had promised of Jesse's line, of Jesse's sons, there will be the next king. And all the rest were rejected. Therefore, this is the king. And it might have missed it in the story. And I haven't read it, so you, you know, go home and read it. They're waiting. They're all dressed in their finery. And he says, go get him from the field. That's a pretty obvious thing to do, isn't it? We'll wait and stand till he arrives. Mark tells me you're not big into um, WhatsApp on the island, but I live by WhatsApp. Um, it seems to consume my life, or text, or phone. Daniel, uh, David didn't have that. Someone had to go and get him. And I don't get the impression it was the field behind the meeting place. There was a wait. Sometimes you have to change your mindset and when you really understand that God has given you this promise and God has revealed it to you, and what was happening in, in Samuel's life was his heart was being changed. He'd been from grieving Saul to anticipating and expecting and now receiving the next. When you know that you're receiving the next, you can have some fun and games. And he said, I'm going to stand. And because he's the senior dignitary, guess what? Everyone else stands. And they stand. And they stand. And they stand. Until in walks a boy from the field who does not look like the king, but is the next king. I just want to say to you, no apex church, to close with this. Do you have a closing song? Do you do that? Or I don't know how you end yeah, let's, let's bring, bring Hannah and the band back. I just want to pray for you. Know this, Apex Church. You have a rich inheritance. You have rich promises. Not just the 10-year word, not just from today, not even just what Ashley has said a few weeks ago and mixed at the beginning of the year. You're dripping in these words. More than that, you're living in the beginnings of the fruit of them. You're doing well. I really want to say to you, on an individual level, not on a leadership level, don't misunderstand what I'm saying, for, for, the, for the many of us in the room, I believe God said there is more to come. The very thing that you have been used for, the very inheritance you've had, that soul line positive experience, he says there's a David to come for you. There's a David to come. Fill your home with oil. Start the journey know that he is calling you in prayer say Lord what does that look like and you grab hold of it and you push on doors and as doors show you go that's great a new door is opening another door is opening till eventually you know and you say I'm prepared to wait Samuel waited probably an hour David on the back of that anointing waited 15 years but the promise of God was fulfilled. There are promises that are not taking 15 years and they won't even take a year. There's salvation to come. Start praying about where is our next 
church plant? Where in the island are we going to go next? Who's living where on the island? Who's traveling the furthest? You might have quickly decided to get a estate agent and move closer. No, that's not the application of this word. Salvation to come. Often it's people get saved from different parts of the island. You find, ah, there's a community coming. Some of us need to move to go strengthen. Come to Utrecht with us in November. Come pray for Europe. Think about Latvia. Think about France. Think about other nations that are on our heart that we know God is calling. If you're from a European nation, we want to invite you to come there. We want to invite you not to necessarily to church plant, to come and pray. If you have Europe on your heart, say to Mark, I'd love to come. Can I come? Because it's open to everyone. We believe church planting in this nation. We're praying for Portsmouth. I know you are. Some of us may be across the ferry and in Portsmouth, and that'll be the journey we're on. Some of us, it might be across the water to the continent. And many of us, it will be across the road to our neighbour. Should we stand and pray? Is that helpful? You're a great church. Let's pray. Let's let's lift our hands. Uh, Thank you for your time. You get a meal out of this one, so that's pretty good, isn't it? And uh, do me a favour. Talk to us afterwards. It's never comfortable when you don't know people and you sit there eating your food on your own. So come up and say hi, who you are, and let's do that. Let's lift our hands. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we end as we began. You are supreme. In our prayer time, we read those words from Philippians. He is by him, through him, for him, all things are made. All things, Jesus, are held together by you. You hold this island in your hand. We say, Holy Spirit, will you breathe on these people? Will you breathe on this island? Will you save many? We cry out even for those young people we saw, for friends of people who came to the baptism. We pray for our neighbours. We pray for this community that we may love them, we may serve them, that this church may be over full to the point where we go, you know, we have to multiply because we're too full now. The application is not get a bigger building, it's go get new buildings. So we pray, start, Lord, will you even start speaking to us as the church and as leaders here about where in the island is next? Where in the island's next? That we might fill our home, we might know that name, and we might start praying and walking towards it. That you may be glorified, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.